Hello and welcome back to Never Tell Me the Odds. Last week we talked a lot about Star Wars Battlefront 2 and the differences between the first one, Star Wars Battlefront, and the new one, um, and a little bit in between. And this week we're going to be talking about the God of War series. Now the God of War series, this is just the 1, 2, and 3, and the new one. There's a lot of God of War... Um, in between games, there was actually a total of eight games. We're just going to be talking about four today. That is God of War 1, 2, 3, and the 2018 God of War. Now, all of these games are rated M. They are all PlayStation exclusive, and they were all created by Santa Monica Studios compared to the other games such as God of War Ascension, um, which was created by different studios. So we're going to go ahead and start with God of War 1, which was made in 2005. Like I said, all of these games were made for the PlayStation. God of War 1 and 2 was made for PlayStation 2, while God of War 3 was made for PS3, and the new one, of course, was made for PS4. There was a few of the in-between games um, that was made for PS2, but there was one of them that was made for the PSP, and... There was another one that was made for the phone not too long ago through the Facebook games page. So starting off with God of War 1, you start off the game as a character um, called, your name is Kratos, and you are a Spartan. And a big difference between a normal person and what Kratos looks like is his skin is actually white. And he has red tattoos all over, but he is pure white and you come to find out that the white of your skin is actually the um, ashes of your family members so a little bit of the story to that is um, you're in war you're at war with a, another land and you were just about to die you had been beaten by the other general when you called out to Ares the god of war and Ares granted you your wish to take down all the enemies all your foes in front of you and he grants you these two powerful weapons called the uh, blades of chaos as you gain this power then and these powerful weapons then you use them to destroy um, the general in front of you and in doing so uh, taking the blades of chaos from Ares, you basically signed your life away to serve Ares and the chains on your arms scar your arms and your forearms as a reminder of your servitude to Ares that you cannot leave his servitude you are basically his slave now so in doing so you eventually come across this town where you're following Ares orders and he tells you to slay everyone and you go into a church where it is smoky in there the buildings on fire and you start just cutting down people left and right until you realize after the smoke clears that the people inside there was your your family, your wife, and your children that you've just killed. And in doing so, that sparks the rage inside Kratos to kill Ares because Ares knew that that was your family and your skin is stained with their ashes. So the whole first game is just trying to destroy Ares for what he's done to you and how he's destroyed your family and destroyed your life. 
So throughout the game, you start collecting weapons. As I have uh, mentioned before, you collected the Blades of Chaos. I don't want to go into the story too much because if for those people that want to possibly play the game or these games, I only want to give them a little overview for it. But uh, we are going to go over some of the various weapons and abilities and magical powers that you can use throughout the game. So throughout the game, all of the games have somewhat of the Blades of Chaos, some version of it. And we'll get into that later, but there is at least one set of Blades of Chaos. And they go by different names throughout the games, and I'll explain it along the way. But you basically have the Blades of Chaos throughout all of the games, counting the new one. Now, for the second weapon that you pick up, which was actually my favorite weapon, um, at least in the first one, it is the Blade of Athena. It is just a very large greatsword, pretty much. You carry it on one shoulder. It's just this huge sword that you carry around. And it's a lot slower than the Blades of Chaos, but it is very powerful, and it's a lot easier to take down enemies, and it's a lot of fun to use. And it kind of just wipes out big waves of enemies um, all at once, so you don't have to worry about using your Blades of Chaos to continuously hit them over and over again. It takes them out pretty quickly. So that is the second um, weapon that you pick up um, next to the Blades of Chaos. So the third weapon is the Blade of the Gods, and the Blade of the Gods is actually, it's not, it is a weapon and it isn't. Um, it's not a weapon that you get to use for very long in the game. It pretty much, Ares makes you extremely big, like you grow in size, and you're as big as him, and you and ha him towards the end of the game have this huge battle right next to... It's a bridge between Athens and what they call Suicide Bluffs, and um, you use the sword. There's these two Athens that are standing on the bridge. They're like the guardians. They're these big statues, and each of them are holding these giant swords, and that is the Blade of the Gods. You pick it up, you rip it off the statue, and you use it to fight Ares in the final battle of the first game. Now, as for the first game, that is the only weapons that they added to the game, which was the Blade of the Gods and um, the Blade of Athena and uh, the Blades of Chaos. Now, at the end of the game, after you destroy Ares, then you get your... He actually takes your Blades of Chaos away, which after you destroy him, then um, Athena actually grants you the Blades of Athena, which are literally the same thing. They're like the good version of the Blades of Chaos, pretty much. So some of the magic that you can um, get throughout this game, um, each battle helped you along the way. They don't really explain, like, why. They, like, they understand your pain, I guess. Like, the gods want to help you along the way. But it's as if all the gods basically want Ares dead. Like, nobody likes him. I don't know if it's because he's the god of war or... I don't know. They help you along the way. They give you certain abilities and powers. And they want you to succeed in taking Ares down. So the first magical power that you get is towards almost the... I'm pretty sure it's very, the very beginning of the game. Like, right after the... A couple of cutscenes when you first get into a city, you actually get um, Poseidon's Rage. So Poseidon comes to you in this doorway and he grants you this magical power that um, you spread electricity all over the floor when you use it um, and it hits enemies all around you and it kind of pushes them back. 
it was a very early stage for this ability and you can upgrade it you can upgrade all your things but throughout the games it gets a little bit better because they can they continuously use some of the magical powers and weapons throughout the games which they uh, therefore make better throughout the further in the games so in two and three if they have certain some of the certain abilities that they still have that they decided to keep or they make um a little bit of a difference to them then they make them better and you can upgrade them and they do more damage so as, as for the first game poseidon's rage is just electricity spreads all around you throughout the ground and uh, it hurts enemies the second thing you unlock i believe is also decently early in the game it's maybe not even a quarter way through is called medusa's gaze and it's just as it sounds you basically chop off medusa's head and if you've ever watched Clash of the Titans, that's literally what it is. Either whether it be the old one or the uh, remake of the Clash of the Titans. But you use his uh, Medusa's head and open her eyes, and it freezes your enemies into stone. Now it does not work on every enemy. It works on most small enemies. The bigger enemies, like the Gorgons, which are also like Medusa, um, they it does not work on her in the or on them in the first game. Because they are immune to it. And the next one you grant is Zeus's Fury, which basically grants you, because there's so little weapons, it grants you a ranged weapon, pretty much, a ranged ability. It grants you the power to cast lightning bolt at your enemies, which in turn gives you a ranged attack, pretty much. But the only problem with this is you only have so many of them, you can only use the ability so many times it's on like a cooldown so you do have a ranged attack but at the same time you can only use it so many times on so many enemies um, and therefore you still have to use the other weapons that you're given the last magical power you have in the first game is called Hades army and you pretty much are just able to let's say there's a big group of enemies a big horde you are able to um, summon some souls from the underworld to fight for you which makes it pretty nice in turn. Um, it makes it a lot easier to take down big hordes of enemies or you, you don't have to worry as much. Like I said, I very much used the Blade of Athena. It was just a lot better for me, a lot more powerful. Once I got it upgraded, then it was a lot easier to take down enemies. It did a lot more damage. Throughout all the games, there is relics that you can collect. Relics are just items it's not really it's something that you pick up along the way that is for the game not so much as a collectible so when you collect the relics then it gives you certain abilities so the first one that you unlock which is throughout all of the games some of them go by different names but all of them are called rage of the gods or spartan rage all of them are it's pretty much the same and we'll go over some of the differences between each game and what they change to the Spartan Ranger Rage of the Gods. So in the first game it's literally just a meter when you unlock it and once you fill the meter after collecting orbs or killing so many enemies then you can activate it which allows you to go on like I said a Spartan Rage. It's pretty much you have more damage output and you have less damage taken. So you deal a lot more damage but you don't take as much damage if the enemy still hits you which is pretty 
The second one that you unlock, which there was only two in the first game, is um, towards the end of the game, about halfway through, towards the end, uh, about maybe three quarters. It's called uh, Poseidon's Trident, which, if you know anything about Poseidon, which is the god of the seas, literally it's just to breathe underwater. You can't do anything, like, water-wise until you collect his trident. Once you do, you can... There's certain places you can swim. There's not really, in the first game, not really any, like, hidden things. Um, there, like, hidden rooms or stuff that you can't really get into. It's just, it was more just for the story. And it was also their first game, so you couldn't have expected too much. But even playing it today, which I played it not that long ago, um, it was crazy to play a game that was made in 2005, just like Battlefront 2. That was surprisingly, like, really good for its time, I believe. It was um, the start of something that would be amazing. That would be a, a huge franchise. Just like, um, I feel like the Halo series is the same way. Um, they made the first game and everybody was like, wow, this is crazy. And then it's grown into something so big and so huge, like uh, many games have. So, going into the second game, the second game was created in 2007. Like I said, all of these games were created by the Santa Monica Studios, which was also um, Sony Entertainment. So, the second game, you are now the God of War after you kill Ares in the end of God of War. You are now the God of War, Kratos, but you are angry with the other gods. You don't want to be with them. You don't want anything to do with them. You just... You hate them in general. Just because of Ares, you feel like you can't trust any of the other gods. The only god that you are able to really trust, which even in the beginning of the second game, you kind of get the feeling that Kratos doesn't trust her as much, is Athena. Um, it feels like he trusts her the most out of all of them, and he doesn't trust any of them. So he has little trust for her, even though he trusts her the most. So... After you decide that you hate all of the gods, then you decide to go on a huge rampage in which uh, to anger all the other gods. In turn, uh, Zeus comes down and steals your power. He takes your power away, making you immortal again. So now that Zeus has done this and you've decided that you hate him and you want to destroy him and you just want to take him away and kill him, and you want to destroy all the gods so there is no more gods on Olympus, you seek out to destroy them and try to change fate itself by trying to free the Titans from Tartarus. Um, so you basically, the whole game is you just going and finding a way to kill all of the gods, and you eventually find a way that you can, where you talk to this one Titan, her name is Gaia, where she tells you a way to free the Titans, to take up to Olympus, to kill all of them. So that's mainly the story of the second game. Um, they did add a lot more to this game, and it was only made two years later, but they added so much more. So we're going to go ahead and start with the weapons. So in the first game, you only had really technically like one to two weapons to choose from you had your powers and like like i said you had the lightning bolt from zeus um as like a ranged kind of weapon but you mainly only had the two it was just the blades of chaos and you had the blade of athena now in the second game they added um 
There's actually three weapons. So obviously you still have the, as now called the Blades of Athena, because after you killed Ares, he took away, or right before you killed Ares, he took away your Blades of Chaos. And Athena, after you kill him, grants you the weapons back, but it's the Blades of Athena now, the good version. So you still have the Blades of Athena that you use, you still have those power. But as you continue on to the forest, you go into like this wooded area and you're trying to find your way in order to change the fate. And you're trying to find your way over to Gaia and how to free them. You come across one enemy, kind of like a mini boss. And after you kill him, you get his Barbarian Hammer, which is a same thing as Athena's sword. Um, pro pretty much it's very slow but it's super good it's super powerful when you swing it around it has the same feel kind of to it um, it has a little bit more uh, abilities but one of the things that it was really nice about it was it does have an ability that you could summon souls after being upgraded a little bit so as you attack you can summon the souls of different fighters to protect you and fight alongside you which Help sometimes, like I said, if you were in a horde of enemies just like uh, the army of Hades, then you could use that to your advantage and to take them out. It also had like a cleave. You could hit all of the enemies in front of you. It wasn't just, you didn't have to waste your time trying to defeat enemies as much. Um, I usually use that all the time, even out of the other weapons that you picked up. But I did always like to go back to the Blades of Chaos for long combos and for other things including using the abilities of the blades of athena to um, wipe out enemies that were all around me so the third technically the third uh, weapon that you pick up is later like very much later in the game which i'll be honest as i was playing god of war 2 I was not actually expecting to pick up another weapon. I thought it was only going to be the Barbarian Hammer. That's just because you it is so long before you pick up this weapon and so far in the game that it makes you feel like you're not going to pick up another weapon and then it kind of comes out of nowhere pretty much. And it is called the Spear of Destiny. So the Spear of Destiny is your uh, quote-unquote ranged weapon. It has a very long reach to it, and it is very powerful. It's almost a mix of the Blades of Chaos and the Barbarian Hammer. You have the range and the speed and the damage all combined into one, which made it my favorite weapon in the um, pretty much the God of War series. Next to, I did like the Blade of Athena in the first one, but the Spear of Destiny was very useful. The only thing that sucked about it was because it came so late in the game, then you didn't really get a chance to use it as much. I mean, you still got plenty of time to use it and use it against enemies and everything, but I feel like if they would have back then added it a little sooner to the game, like somewhere in between, I would have had a lot more fun with it. I would have just, I would have used it a lot more, um, but that still doesn't take me away from, that is still one of my favorite weapons to use out of all of the games. Now, the last weapon that you pick up um, is a really fun to use. I do remember using it a few times, but I only use it a few times because it only allows you to use it a few times. It is the Blade of Olympus. It only allows you to use it 
certain times and certain points of the game when you're fighting certain enemies. You can't just use it anytime you pick it up, but you're only able to use it and it's versus like in um big boss battles or there's like it goes into a cutscene and then you get to use it for a little bit and then you get something happens to it or you only get to use it a few times, which sucks. Um, but it is one of the only weapons next to Pandora's box that can kill another god. And that is the reason why you can only use it so many times or only in certain points of the game. Just because it's meant to kill another god. You as a god are trying to kill another god. So a god, you're already a god and you're going against all these little minion enemies and you have this thing that can kill a god. Like, that's pretty overpowered like you can't upgrade it or anything it's it's too overpowered to just use it in general i believe there was like a bonus mode though um in the start of the game um in the menu that you could use it there against small enemies but if you're actually playing for the story and playing throughout the game then it wasn't really involved in that which was I understand why, but it also sucked because it was a lot of fun to use. So going over to magic, um, they pretty much just changed the names of some of your magical abilities. So from the first game, you had Poseidon's Rage. In the second game, you have Kronos's Rage. Now you can pick up Poseidon's Rage. There's an urn that you can break and swap out the Kronos's Rage for Poseidon's Rage. It's pretty much the same thing. Um, I didn't really use the abilities only when I had to because I like doing the combos with the Barbarian Hammer and the Spear of Destiny and the Blades of Athena. So Cronus's Rage is just a little bit different. Um, it was still the electricity that spread around you, but if you upgraded it more, it did a lot more damage and it went a lot further towards enemies that were in the back of the crowd. Um, it had a longer range to it. And I believe, there, like I said, it wasn't really a difference, but the Cronus's Rage, I think, did a little bit more damage. The second uh, magical power ability you pick up is the Typhon's Bane. Typhon's Bane is an actual like bow and arrow that you could use, which was um, also nice. They call it Typhon's Bane because it was a magical bow that pushed enemies backwards because it had a wind ability. So it would like throw them backwards and um, you could use that against other enemies as a bone arrow as you're ranged. The third magical ability that you pick up or item is uh, the head of Uriel. Now the head of Uriel is basically Medusa's head, but instead in the second game it was powerful enough to freeze gorgons also so you could pretty much except for the really big tough enemies or mini bosses or anything like that obviously you could pretty much freeze almost any enemy the small enemies or whatever also on a cooldown but it was very useful if there was a horde of enemies and um you were they were getting close and you couldn't take all of them out you could freeze some of them and destroy the other ones I do remember correctly they were only frozen in stone for so long though so if you let them sit in the stone they would eventually break out and it was the same thing for you if you got frozen in stone by a gorgon then you had to like repeatedly tap circle i think to break out of the stone and if you didn't and they hit you too many times it did a lot of damage when you were frozen and you would die and i died many times to that unfortunately 
um, just getting frozen in stone and mashing the circle button and it I could break out in time so because of that then I usually ended up dying on top of that I died a lot during the God of War games just because uh, it was a quote-unquote it was like a Tomb Raider kind of feel to it it just when you're jumping from platform to platform then I would fall off the edge or I would die by missing a jump or fall into the lava whatever it was I would fall off the edge of the map which for me unfortunately happens a lot in most games that I play just because I don't have a uh, good enough jumping abilities or you know it's that kind of point on the controller when you're like I pressed X and they didn't jump for it so um, the last magical ability that you gain is called Atlas's Quake. Atlas's Quake is where you basically stomp on the ground and it summons an earthquake that damages nearby enemies. It's almost like the Cronus's Rage, except instead of electricity, it's this huge earthquake. And I believe it's only directional. It only goes whatever way you're facing instead of all around you. Some of the relics you pick up in uh, God of War 2 is the, again, Rage of the Gods. In this game, it's Rage of the Titans. The only difference was that you could turn off the ability instead of having to use all of it. So in the first game, if you built up that meter and you wanted to use the Rage, you could, but you had to use all of it. So if you accidentally waste it on an enemy and there's only one enemy, then you have to use all of the ability until you build the meter back up again. Which, that kind of sucked, but again, 2005, first game of the franchise, so there was a lot of luck to work with, and when they came up with the second one, obviously they realized that it, there could have been a lot more that they could have done with it. So in the second one, they decided that you could use the ability, but if you accidentally hit the button or something like that, or you only had, you still had a little bit left after defeating all of the enemies, you could turn the ability off and save that energy, fill the meter back up again from maybe halfway, instead of having to fill it up all the way again, which made it a lot nicer. Um, I really didn't use the abilities um, such as the Rage or any of that in the God of War 1, 2, and 3. I used it a lot in the new 2018 version. But in the original one, I usually did pretty good with just my hammer, the spear, or whatever weapon I was using, that I didn't really need to use the abilities that much. The second relic that you pick up is the Amulet of Fates. The Amulet of Fates, um, you could only use at certain times. I believe you could use it in combat, and it would be on a cooldown, and it just slows down time pretty much. But it was a critical relic and item for the story of the game so as you're going throughout the game there's certain places where you have to like move a boulder or something like that or and then slow down time really quick so you can pass by into the next room there is one i believe i remember the most it was like this statue that i couldn't figure out for a long time and you had to like go up onto this platform and slow down time and then jump into the the uh, statue of the the nose or something like that and was I couldn't figure it out for a really long time, but that's just an example of how you would use the Amulet of Fates. Um, it gives you a little signal on where you uh, can use it at. Now the last two of the items and relics that you collect in this game 
are some of my favorite that you have in the third game also. The first one is the Golden Fleece, which um, I remember the Golden Fleece from actually the second Percy Jackson book because I remember I did a project on the Percy Jackson book and it was the Sea of Monsters and that was the whole thing and they came out with the movie too and they had to go and retrieve the Golden Fleece because the barrier of the camp was failing so they had to go retrieve it well in the god of war it is basically the same thing it's not except it doesn't really heal you it's more of a protection like uh i don't want to say invulnerability but it basically when you put it on you can parry items or you can parry projectiles so if somebody shoots something at you you can block it with the fleece and it will actually shoot back at them if you block it at the right time right before it hits you you can shoot it back at them and either kill them or injure them whatever so that made it very a lot easier to play the game once you obtained it but at the same time it wasn't usually i was too distracted to with other enemies to block the projectiles but i remember there was one certain part in the game where you had to use the fleece in order to kill certain enemies um but it was very useful if you could pull off a combo and still not get hit by using the fleets and then keep going from there. The uh, last relic in the game is uh, Icarus's wings. Icarus is like the protector, I guess you could say. I'm pretty sure he comes right after the Spear of Destiny or not too long after it. There's this really long bridge and you're going to like this magical island where you're going to see these the Sisters of Fate. And the bridge is broken, but Icarus has, he's the protector, like the troll under the bridge kind of thing. And he has the wings and he's the only way across. But once you find him, he's like insane. He's just crazy. And it's kind of funny to hear him talk. Well, then Kratos ends up basically attacking him and you beat the crap out of him. And you take his wings and fly all the way like you kill him and fly all the way to the island that you're going to now that's just part of the story but once you actually obtain the wings you can use them to glide so you can jump and then you can glide from one spot to another or if you're in the middle of battle whatever or you can use them on wind currents if you, there's like a wind current kind of thing then you can use that and that's to help you to push you up or to do whatever now that is all of God of War 2. Like I said, I don't want to go too much into detail about all of these games because if for those people that possibly want to play them or haven't played all the way through some of them, I don't want to spoil too much for them. But that was God of War 2 and the whole game is basically trying to free the Titans. Now God of War 3 was also a very interesting game and it was my favorite of the God of War series and that is counting the new one. I definitely preferred God of War 3. It just, it was just so much better to me. And it had the best weapons and the best story out of all of them. It was my favorite one. So going into the story of God of War 3, the first thing that you do is the, at the end of God of War 2, you free Gaia and you free all of the Titans and you're climbing up Mount Olympus. So starting God of War 3, which was created in 2010, which I was alive at that time, but I didn't play the games until not that long ago, like maybe a year ago or less, 
and um, if I were to have played them, that's a three-year span from 2007 to 2010. So to end the game with that and then come out three years later with 2010, I would be so excited. I was very excited just to play it in general. The difference was I had bought all of them. So I already had them. I didn't have to wait three years. But for the time and everything that the studio put into the game, that's my favorite part about God of War 3. The story, the weapons, the combat, everything about it. Just, it was my favorite game of, out of all of them. It felt the most Greek-like out of all of them. So the story of God of War 3 is you have the Titans, you're climbing up Mount Olympus, and the gods are preparing for war at the top of Mount Olympus, and you want to take revenge on them. That's been your whole plan for since the end of God of War and the beginning of God of War 2. So you're climbing up there until you realize that the Titans basically just betrayed you. They played you, they used you to free them just so they could throw overtake the gods and throw Mount Olympus, wipe it off the face of the earth and just be done and done with you because you are also a quote-unquote foolish god, I guess. As you get to the top, you are actually cast from the top of Mount Olympus all the way down to the underworld, which in the God of War 2, you also go to the underworld. So this isn't the first time. I think actually in all three of them, you go to the underworld. But this time's a little different. It's a, got a, or the, um, everything's a little different about it. But the first thing you fall into is actually the River Styx. So as you fall into the river sticks, you still have your blades of Athena on you, and it actually drains the power out of them. The the river sticks drains all of the abilities and the power out of the blades of chaos or the blades of Athena. So now they you have no weapons pretty much. You have nothing. You're powerless. You don't have any god powers. You have nothing, and the whole this whole war is going on between the titans and the gods. So the whole game is basically trying to overthrow all the gods and kill all of them. You just don't want to be a part of them anymore. You don't want them to be a part of the world anymore. So it's just conquest of killing the Greek gods. So after uh, you fall to a, uh, the underworld, then um, Athena actually grants you to get your trust back the Blades of Exile. So now from the blades of chaos to the blades of athena and now you're on the blades of ex of the exile so the blades of exile are the same as the uh, blades of athena and blades of chaos but one of the abilities which is also magical powers is um you can summon a um, group of uh, spartans around you that protects you with shields and spears and arrows and as you upgrade it it gets more powerful really strong so one of that's your first magical ability that you that you gain is a um, phalanx of Spartan warriors that surround you that protect you. The second one, since you're in the underworld and Hades is one of the gods, whether he wants to overthrow Zeus and Poseidon and all of them anyways, you decide as Kratos that you are going to kill all of the gods no matter how they feel about each other. So the first big boss battle is uh, Hades, which the second um, 
weapon you unlock is the Claws of Hades. So the Claws of Hades are very similar to the Blades of Exile. There's actually, um, next to those two, there's one more that comes, that's the very last one you pick up, I believe, that is pretty much, they're almost all the same. So you have the Blades of Exile, which you throw, you have the Chains, you have the Claws of Hades, pretty much the same thing, except it's a little slower. And the difference is, sort of, you can call the souls of the underworld to fight for you. So the Blades of the Exile have the um, phalanx of warriors, Spartan warriors, surrounding you and protecting you, while the Claws of Hades has the spirits from the underworld that come up to protect you and fight for you and die for you again. <laughs> so, it's... I didn't really use it. I only used it, I think, in the very beginning until um, I unlocked some of the other weapons. Um, I think I actually used the Blades of Exile out of all of them in this one just because there wasn't very many like heavy weapons, I guess. Like I had mentioned in the other ones, the Athena uh, Athena's Blade and the Barbarian Warhammer, very heavy weapons, and they were a little slow, but they did a lot of damage. There was only one weapon, which is actually the next weapon that did that. And that weapon was the Nemean uh, Cestus, which was um, Hercules. You have to actually fight Hercules at one point in the game. And it's his gauntlets, which has the Nemean lion on the end of it. There are these big gauntlets that you use, and you can make earthquakes. That's its ability is you're able to send shockwaves towards enemies. and um, slam on the ground and send them up in the air so that's like the heavy weapon equivalent in this game is it is the these huge gauntlets now i didn't really use them as much i only use them against really bosses not really enemies because the enemies were easy enough that i could just use the blades of exile or the claws of hades to um, take out all of the enemies and get combos and use my abilities and my upgrades to get that done take out all of the enemies the only thing about the gauntlets that was the most important that came in really handy was it was the only thing in the game that could destroy obsidian so there were certain spots in the game that had these big obsidian blocks that uh, you had to destroy and the gauntlets were the only thing that could destroy it they were also very powerful for destroying um, big groups of enemies. If you didn't you want to use the abilities of the Claws of Hades or the Blades of Exile, you could always use the Gauntlets to send shockwaves to knock all of the enemies back. Now the last uh, weapon that you get is actually by Hephaestus, who is, he was banned down to the underworld, and he is a blacksmith, and after you give him something, whatever he wants, then he makes a new weapon for you, which is called the Nemesis Whip. The Nemesis Whip is, like I said, is the third um, weapon that is like the Blades of Exile and the Claw of Hades. It's a little bit different. It is basically on a chain. It's this big whip, and at the end of the whip, has there's these three like triangular um, blades at the end. So it does a lot of damage, and it spins at the end, and... Um, you have a longer reach on it than compared to the Blades of Exile. I'm, like I said before, I mainly used the Blades of Exile just because they 
did the most damage. I upgraded them first. And on top of that, um, it was a lot easier to get the combos off with the Blades of Exile compared to using the other weapons. Although they were a lot of, they were really cool to watch and uh, really fun to play with against certain enemy types and different enemies. This game was also my favorite because of the um, items that you pick up and all the gods that you get to kill and it's just so much fun watching the story finally come together in this third um, finale to the Greek gods. So some of the items that you pick up is the first one is the Bow of Apollo, which you actually get pretty early in the game when you're down um, in the underworld. And I believe you actually get it before you get the Claws of Hades. And it's, I guess you could almost classify it as another weapon, but instead it's basically the um, Typhon's Bane, but instead of wind ability, it uses fire instead. So when you hit enemies with it, they catch on fire, and it's a, it's more so like that than anything. It's pretty much the same as from the second game. But you can still have that ranged attack from a distance and hit enemies from far away. And you can um, you use it to destroy certain things, like uh, there's some brambles that you have to destroy with it. Second item that you pick up is the head of Helios. Helios is the um, uh, sun god. So after you take down some of the other gods, such as um, Poseidon, uh, which I believe you kill Poseidon in the very beginning of the game, and Hades, you find Helios, the sun god, and as you after you kill him in this little boss battle then there is he's on the ground it goes to a cutscene he's on the ground and he's like trash talking you you'll never take all of us you'll never kill zeus whatever he says and so you get angry as kratos and you decide to rip his head off so in doing so after you did that it's almost like medusa's gaze um Except it doesn't really, you can use it to blind enemies, but also you mainly use it to um, find hidden relics and other uh, treasures around the um, game itself. So as you're traveling through, you use Helios' head and you open up his eyes and it's basically a flashlight, except it's a head. So you walk around and there's certain parts where it's really dark out his head and you can look around and fight with his head in your hand in the darkness it is very useful for finding hidden treasures hidden entrances things like that but it's mainly used to um blind enemies you like it's like a stun grenade almost the third and final item that you pick up in the game is the boots of hermes now hermes is the messenger god so he must get to certain places very quickly and also coming from um, Percy Jackson in the first movie, The Lightning Thief, in the first book, something he obtains is um, Hermes, a pair of Hermes shoes that have the little wings on the side. That's pretty much what this is. You pick up the Hermes, you well, you chop off his legs, take his shoes, and then you're able to run across certain walls. Um, the walls that you can run across have these little golden footprints that run across it and as you do that then the wings carry you and you can run across the wall otherwise you can use them to dash through enemies and you can use it to um knock other enemies down or 
maybe dash past enemies to get behind them, anything like that, which comes in pretty handy at most times, no matter what weapon you're using. Now, the only relic that I found really important in here, I've already gone over the magic stuff, um, was the difference between the Spartan Rage in games one and two. Obviously, they tried to um, improve it every time, which they definitely did a good job on that. The first game, like I said, you built up the meter and you just kind of used it. The second game, you could turn it off. The third game, you actually gained invincibility and you gained a huge damage buff. So in games one and two, you could you gained a huge damage buff and you took less damage, but you still took that damage. So in the third game, you actually gain invincibility. So when you did activate it and you could turn it off, then you didn't take any damage. Um, which was pretty nice. Plus, you had the damage buff on top of that. You could, it's a lot easier to kill enemies with that. So, the third game was definitely my favorite game out of all of them. Um, the third game is also the main game that you really got to use the Blade of Olympus with, which made it also, on top of everything else, the most fun. Just killing all the gods and chasing around. I thought the story had a really good finale to it. And even if they wouldn't have made the new one, if they would have just ended with the third one, I would have been content with that. It was such a good game, and I, it made me very happy. Now, they, after that, they waited eight years to make the new one, which is God of War, twenty the 2018 version. Now, if you have seen this game, or you have seen anything about it, you do realize, or even just the main cover of the game has... Kratos with this long beard, and he has this little boy that he's traveling with. So the main story for the 2018 version of the God of War is you've wiped out all the gods from ancient Greek times, and you are now living in Norse god times. So Norse gods are Odin and Thor and the people from Asgard. It's, the, it's all of those Norse myth mythology. The story behind this is Kratos and his son, Atreus, um, burn Faye's body. And Faye is Atreus. Um, it was his mother and Kratos' wife. So they burn her body. She's died. That's the very beginning of the game. Is They collect this wood and they are going to burn her body. She died. So her only wish when she died was that she wanted to take her ashes. She wanted Kratos and Atreus to take her ashes up to the highest point in um, all of the realms. So the realms in include like Asgard and Midgard and Helheim and Alfheim, all of those that um, are talked about in Norse mythology. So you're in Midgard right now, and as far as you know, because you're not of Norse, um, mythology, you're from Greek mythology, Kratos, then you um, think that the highest mountain is in Midgard. Well, you come to find out later that the highest mountain is actually in Jotunheim, which is the land of the giants. So your whole thing after that is to find a way to get to Jotunheim to take the ashes to the highest mountain in all of the lands. Now the enemies of this time period are Odin and Thor, which you don't see either of those, which kind of suck, 
Um, that would be really cool to be able to go to Asgard. It's actually on the map when you're looking at it, but you can't go there. It's closed off um, by Odin. So, and there's a couple other places that you can't go either because you just can't get the keys for it. So after you uh, start your journey on going to um, what you think in the beginning of the game is the highest mountain, the first thing that you find out that you have is called the Leviathan Axe. That's your first weapon. The Leviathan Axe was gifted to you by Faye, which was your wife, Kratos' wife. And the important thing about this is you can throw the axe almost as far as you want like you can throw it off the mountain if you wanted to and it will always come back to you it's very fun to use and it is very useful and i think um out of the two weapons that were in this game it was my favorite it was just so fun to see an enemy from far away and it was very easy to get combos off also you could throw your axe and hit an enemy with it and then you could Call it back or press a certain button it would come down on the enemy in front of you or it was very fun to use um it kind of had the whole game kind of had like a i don't want to say like a dark souls just with the blocking and everything it was a lot different than the other games like very different there was blocking and um, one of the other things that you had actually with the leviathan axe was your guardian shield which was um, your shield that you always had with you that you came with your um, Leviathan Axe. So there was blocking and dodging and rolling and all this extra stuff that wasn't in the other games. Um, it was very, very different. There was health bars and other things like that that so different. And that just goes to show that um, and that's what we can do in eight years, which is crazy. We went from these graphics... That were kind of still pixely and the cutscenes weren't amazing to now we have this 2018 version from 2010 and in eight years we've gone from that version the 2010 version to this beautiful landscaped um game that has all these different things you can see and things in the background and it's all realistic looking and it almost looks like you're in the game and the water is crystal clear and all these different concepts and yeah it's just insane to me to see how big of a difference that we have in all the new things that people are creating and looking at so the leviathan axe is a frost that's your ice and frost weapon so as you throw it and you upgrade it and do whatever you want with it then um, it can freeze enemies there I know there's one ability where if you hit an enemy in the head it instantly freezes him and once you pull it out if you pull it out on time it sometimes it instantly kills them if they're a lower level enemy so the second weapon that you pick up is um, Atreus's bow um, I consider this one of the weapons, at least it's not really one that you use personally that you're uh, like really fighting with, but as you go throughout the game, you collect different types of arrows, electric arrows and other arrows like that. And if you press R2, it can be very helpful to use Atreus as a distraction towards enemies or if there's more than one enemy. So if you're fighting a really hard enemy and you use Atreus as a distraction, then um, that enemy might go towards him if it's like a giant or something and then you can um, it's a little easier to destroy 
the uh, enemy because you can get them from behind when they're least expecting it. The last weapon that you pick up is the Blades of Chaos. Now they kept it as Blades of Chaos. Um, technically, I guess it would have been the Blades of Exile, but they have the Blades of Chaos in the game. And um, I don't want to go into too much detail on how you get them, but it is very cool to use both of them. Now, out of this game, I would say I prefer the Leviathan Axe over the Blades of Chaos, although it is really cool to see the combos and um, the third-person view in this game is a lot closer in on Kratos. So compared to the other games, that was not really like top-down, but you had like a larger looking area, I guess. So to see the Blades of Chaos like up close and moving around and with the updated graphics and the updated game, um, it's just awesome to see him flipping around and doing all these combos. And if you do when you do certain moves, then it goes into like a slow motion kind of thing, which is really cool. So some of the items and relics, there's only ve there's very few of them. Like I had mentioned before, you have your Guardian Shield. The only other item that you really pick up in the game is the Bifrost. Now the Bifrost is, just as it sounds if you guys have seen the Thor movies, um, the Bifrost is a tool that you use that you put into this world tree, which allows you to travel from Midgard to, um, for example, Alfheim, or different um, realms is what it allows you to do. Now it's not like in the Thor movies where they hold up, he holds up the sword and or he puts a sword in and they travel through space like that. He puts this, it's not even a sword, it's just this little thing that he carries on his belt, Kratos does, and puts it in this world tree and then you travel that way. You don't even see yourself traveling pretty much. Um, the only other thing that I could really find that you picked up was the Spartan Rage. So the in the first one it was just spartan rage second one you could turn it off third one was invincibility and you could turn it off this one was you could turn it off you had invincibility but if you got hit by whatever then it would take your um meter down instead so your meter would go um down instead of your health bar going down which kind of helped and your because as your meter went down, your health regenerated a little bit. And even if you didn't get hit, then it would slowly regenerate, which helped a lot when you were low on health or anything like that. And the last item that you collected in the game was maybe a quarter of the way through. It was the Stone Mason's Chisel Tip. Now, the Stone Mason's Chisel Tip um, came in very handy. Um, but there's only a few places that you really used it throughout the story. Once the story was done, then you were free to go back and explore whatever you wanted. Um, but you only really use the stone tip to get through, uh, through and behind magical doors that Odin had sealed. So there was, there's actually Valkyries in the game that have like basically turned evil and you have to go and hunt them down. And that's like a side mission, I guess you could say. And all the Valkyries are behind the magical sealed door. So that's pretty much what you use that for. Use it here and through here and there throughout the story, but mostly you I as far as I remember, as far you mostly just use it for opening the doors to get to Valkyries or find treasure. 
that's all I have for that. Um, there was something that um, I did really like, which there's a lot of customization in it. There's different armors that you can get to buff up um, Kratos. There is different weapon enhancements. So for the Blades of Chaos, you can get different handles. And for the Leviathan Axe, you can get different heads, different axe heads and different um, axe pommels for it, which gives you buffs. So that was something that I found that was uh, very interesting about the game that I very much liked. Um, you guys will just have to go check it out. It is very a lot of customization. Even for Atreus, you can find different um, outfits for him, which upgrades his damage output. Or if he goes to heal you, he can pick up stones and stuff for you that heal you, which um, in turn helps you out. He When he picks up a health stone... And it might heal you more depending on his outfit, or he might have a higher damage output, things like that, which help out a lot. Now, once you get further into the game, then obviously it's harder to find stuff. Like you can upgrade your Leviathan Axe and you can upgrade your Blades of Chaos, but it gets a lot harder to find the materials needed because the game basically gives them to you throughout the story, and after that, it's very hard to. Um, find the th materials that you need for creating that other materials are very common or there was like a rare material i don't know why they call it rare because i'm pretty sure i had over like 2000 of it but you can always sell it for other stuff um, and you can use your points that you sell for a convert like after you unlock all of the abilities then you can convert your xp points into money which helps out a lot I'm very happy that they did that because I know for me personally, I have, I've beaten the game. I have all of this experience, but I have nothing to use it on. So being able to convert all of that experience that I've earned from killing enemies and everything to money, very helpful. Um, now I can spend that money on getting new upgrades or finding the materials and then getting other upgrades or even buying the materials outright from the vendor which helps out a lot throughout the game. That's all I have for the God of War series today. I know it was a lot. Um, so just if you'd like, just try and play out the games. I know these were only the Santa Monica uh, studio ones, but there was uh, a couple other ones, like I mentioned at the beginning, um, for PSP and some other consoles like the phone. But for the main three games awesome game series. I'm very happy. It is one of my favorite game series. I'm glad I was able to talk about it. And uh, I think next week we're going to be talking about the Dishonored games, Dishonored 1 and 2, going over the bone charms and the storyline between the two games. It was also one of my favorite games, and I'm very excited to talk about those games also. Thank you for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you guys next time.